AM The Zone. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Come on in on a wonderful Monday. Good morning, everyone. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. You know, you can't help but commiserate with the poor folks on the West Coast. California getting washed away over the weekend, and a lot of severe weather on the East Coast as well. Here in Wisconsin, we are seeing above-normal temperatures all week. We'll talk about the details with Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist. But let me tell you, partly cloudy skies are on the way today. We should touch out around 42 degrees. Tomorrow, 47. Wednesday, 49. Thursday, possibility of afternoon showers, 54 are expected high. Friday, 47. I'm going to have to talk to Stu and find out what our highs are for this time of the year normally and are there records to be broken this week. Stick around for that chat. It's coming up in about 10-15 minutes or so. Stephanie Hoff is going to bring us an update from the state capitol. A lot of conversations going on about affordable health care for farm families all across the state. A couple different plans that are being discussed. She'll share with us some of the ideas about badger care on the way. And if a farm in Wisconsin wants to expand, doesn't matter what kind of farm, they're going to need some partners. They're not going to be able to go it alone. That's especially true if you're a dairy operation. I'm talking with Tim Baumgartner, who's a new staff addition for Edge Dairy Cooperative. All he's going to do is focus on the regulatory hoops that farms have to jump through to try to expand. We'll get a little insight on that process coming your way. Innovation. Livestock producers rely on BioVet for microbial and nutritional support. Keeping livestock eating and productive. Make BioVet your trusted partner for your livestock health since 1991. Learn more at BioDanceVet.com. Innovation. We're exploring farming in the last frontier, Alaska. Come and join us. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam Yonke. The date's August 22nd through September 1st. We'll visit a variety of Alaska farms, including a private boat excursion to experience a shrimping operation. Of course, you'll get all the majestic scenery and impressive wildlife along the way. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword Pam, for more information and to watch a travel video or call 888-557-1020 today. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home, auto, business, and life insurance? They make it convenient to bundle your insurance while saving you time and money. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Modern technology has changed agriculture, no question about it, artificial intelligence and the things we can do with that, but sometimes it's back to basics. Let's get our fingers in the soil and see what works. Farmers for Soil Health is kind of along that line. Jack Cornell is with me, and Jack is with the United Soybean Board. Past life has been an agronomist, but Jack, tell us about the conglomeration of the organization of Farmers for Soil Health. What is it? Who's involved? How did it get started and when? 
Yeah, so it was a bringing together of the corn uh, NCGA, the soy checkoff and pork checkoff got together and were like, let's work together on sustainability. What is that? I don't know. And so they actually, there was an opportunity that came along with the Partnership for Climate Smart Commodities a grant, and we applied for that. We actually were awarded $95 million, and we needed a metric goal. What is that metric goal going to be? So we actually created, we want to double cover crops from 15 million to 30 million acre into 2030. And our vehicle to do that is to create a situation where we created 70 million of, of those dollars are going directly to farmers to apply sustainable practices to their farm through cover crops. Hopefully unlock additional conservation practices. Another 20 million is really focused on helping farmers unlock those dollars, but then also providing that technical assistance to help them with that transition uh, to kind of how do I how do I manage cover crops with another five million to hopefully build out a platform and software programs and a, a place to build on future opportunities within a marketplace, right? Where we're going to bring in buyers such as the General Mills of the world, the Walmarts of the world to access farmers who are taking on these practices. So then farmers can actually sell their commodities raised under certain practices to these corporations and then get additional profitability on this. So we realize the cost share system is not a long-term play, but this marketplace will be. Creating a scenario where farmers can be price makers, not price takers. Let's talk first of all about that $70 million going to farmers. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not, you're not just uh, identifying farmers across the country and sending them a check. <laughs> yeah, that's right. they got to earn this. How does it start at the farm level to get some of that money? So we're looking at if uh, growers who are new to cover crops, there's a $50 per acre cost share that is, descends over three years. So the first year is $25, $15 in the second year, $10 in the third year. And that's per acre. So farmers that have already adopted some of this practices, there's a $2 per acre cost share. But, you know, I often t talk about, you know, well, $2 isn't a lot. But the opportunities for the marketplace are really key. And then also I, I tell guys is that those farmers that have already kind of figured out how to put those practices on their farm, they don't have that high level of risk that some of the guys that are new to it. And then hopefully there's that opportunity within the marketplace too. So it's kind of an incentive to kind of, hey, put some acres into this marketplace and go in there and explore. You know, once again, you don't have to do all your whole farm, right? You can just do 20 acres or 10 acres. It's really up to the farmer. It's a volunteer program for farmers to kind of go into the space and explore it and have the opportunities where it's a farmer-centric program that's de-risking some of these risks that farmers take. Sometimes these uh, carbon programs, they, they have this high risk where, okay, you have to go soil sample. See, our program is practice-based. It's not carbon-based. So it provides this uh, level of opportunity. Another unique opportunity is really who's overseeing this program the commodity groups and so we we also have a farmer advisory group and so it's a very farmer centric we're not going to produce a program that is detrimental to farmers we're highly focused on helping farmers within the space talk more about that helping farmers because the farmer's going to put these cover crops in how can he prove that it's doing any good uh, the commodity organization will come along and then maybe provide a way for them to uh, put this information on the market so they can make money. You mentioned Walmart as an offset, possibly. Mm -hmm. They're not alone. They've got help. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have technical assistance. So we actually worked, well, this program is actually working in 20 states, and we work with those 20 state commodity groups who help guide how those technical assistance are being used in those, in those states, right? And so sometimes it's a farmer advisory group. Sometimes it's working with the soil conservation district. Sometimes it's it, uh, the state commodity groups, I just hired more staff, right? And so it's gonna be unique experience across these 20 states, but those people are there to help you with this transition, and they're help you with all the elements within this program to unlock higher potential for profitability. This is not the carbon market that we hear so much about. This is different. Yeah, this is totally practice-based. You will have nobody showing up in your fields to soil sample to prove some carbon number did something. The verification step is done by satellites. There's a verification step where the satellites come over, they see there were some activities, then you essentially get paid. And if there's a, you know, you have a bunch of cloud cover or something, there will probably be a follow-up email, hey, verification step where you say, hey, yes, it, it did happen. And then the other thing is, is if a farmer decides, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, there's no cancellation fee, there's nothing, there's no issues there. If you say, hey, I couldn't get planned because of the weather, we're not going to kick you out of the program either. We're very farmer-centric and we understand the tangibles of, of the variability that farmers face, and we're, we created a program that is farmer-focused and farmer-centric. How far along are we with it, that first $70 million to the farmers, and you mentioned $20 million for support and this, that, and the other thing. Where are we at as we end 2023, get into 2024? So farmers can sign up right now. Obviously, we're past the point of where you can actually plant cover crops. But if you did, you can sign up now until the end of February. And so you can unlock those cost share now. We're actually in the current stages of rolling out in early spring the marketplace. So the marketplace isn't in place yet, but hopefully we have that those pieces. There's a lot of gears in that wheel, right? Because there's we got to work with the corporations, we got to work with farmer organizations, and building out that software platform. But hopefully by early spring we have that in place. But the other cool thing is, is if you don't, if you miss this year, it's not a big deal. We're probably we have another sign up period next year which starts March 1st and then potentially there might be even a third sign-up period. Jack, what's been the response not only from the farmers but as you talk you mentioned some major corporations here. Mm -hmm. What has been their thought on this? Is this something that they're looking forward to maybe offset some of the challenges they present to our climate? Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, if you think about two or three years ago, right, so everybody was trying to get carbon neutral, right? That was the buzzword. The issue that a lot of these corporations were facing was is that all of a sudden they figured out, hey, I can't innovate my way to carbon neutral, right? I have trucks, I got planes, I got all these buildings that are using electricity. I can't innovate to carbon neutral. And so they've realized they have to work with the land sector to get that goal. And so we are the land sector. And so we've created an opportunity that is focused on us as a, as a land sector and helping us maximize our benefits to this and then inviting them to come in. It's not the other way around where they're creating the system and then we have to play by their rules. This is our game and we're inviting them to come play. I think one of the statements you made during your presentation were farmers have always been known as price takers. This is a situation where they will become price makers. They don't have to accept the offer from these major corporations. They can counter offer and make real money. That's right. Yeah. So you can have different companies buying to buy your commodities, right? So you'll say you have the Walmarts, you have the General Mills, and they're competing for your, your ground 
your commodity is raised under certain practices. And so you can actually kind of dictate, and so you can actually negotiate within the platform the price that you want. And it's a really great scenario because it's not just like you signed a contract three years ago that says you have to trade at this amount. We don't do that. Ours is a year-to-year -year basis. And so the next year you can re-up and you can negotiate the next price for the next year, right? And so it's an opportunity for you to kind of play with it and not be stuck into some long-term contract. As we look forward to coming up on 2024, the goal, 30 million acres of cover crops by 3030. Where do you feel we are? So we are going to uh, rely on the USDA Ag Census data that comes out. The next one should come out in 2030. And the previous one where we're at 15 million acres of cover crops right now, that was actually from the 2015 Ag Census. So I think we're already, you know, we're getting close, I think. You know, if I was to kind of put together kind of what I know and assess from, I, I feel like cover crops within North America are under-assessed. Mm -hmm. For me, it's not really the metric goal of 30 million acres. It's really to give farmers enhanced profitability to take on some of these practices and providing that technical assistance. One final question, farmers for uh, soil health. Who do we access? Commodity organizations or who do we go at for farmers to find out more about this and get enrolled? As you mentioned, we're getting towards the end of for this year, but there's next year. Farmersforsoilhealth.com, very simple website. You can also talk to your state commodity organization, talk to your national uh, commodity organization. Everybody's involved. We're all behind it. Farmersforsoilhealth.com, Jack Cornell with the United Soybean Board. Very enthused about this, as I think a lot of farmers will also be enthused as this program grows and puts money in farmers' pockets. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Have you been wanting to try non-surgical body sculpting but unsure where to start? We can help. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. MSculpt Neo is a game changer in the world of body contouring. With its dual technology of heat and magnetic energy, Neo can reduce fat by 30% and increase muscle mass by 25%. With Neo, you can enjoy simple, comfortable sessions and no downtime. You'll even feel stronger in just a few sessions. One patient recently said, I can tell in my crunches and golf swing. I wish I had known about this sooner. This was after only two treatments. MSculpt Neo is perfect for those looking to kickstart their fitness journey, enhance their athletic performance, or simply feel more confident in their own skin. Let your natural beauty shine through. To learn more, visit rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. This looks like a car. It has tires, headlights, a hood, windshield wipers. The doors look like car doors. Open like them too. There's a front seat, back seat, steering wheel. 99.9% .9 of the time, this would be a car, but it's not. This is a bedroom. Anita Washington's for five weeks. There are people like Anita all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll provide Anita and other women, children, and men with nearly 20,000 nights of shelter. Just one part of more than $1.4 million in food, clothing, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul. 
helping our neighbors in need. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Time for our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update on a Monday. Stumach Ag Meteorologist along with us. I ran out of steam after the Wisconsin Corn Soy Expo and the Porkapalooza. Didn't make it up to Green Bay for the FFA Alumni Convention. You did, though. How was it? We made it up. They had a good time. A lot of good people. They raised a lot of money, learned a few things. It was a very good weekend. Nice, nice. Now, Green Bay is one of those areas facing freezing fog this morning. Uh, what else have we got out there? I mean, mild temperatures for the most part this week, but we got to get through this morning. Oh, we lost we lost him. Got to get through this morning. That must have been the key that sent him away. We'll get Stumach back on the air here in a moment. Uh, meanwhile. With the Compere Financial Patronage Program, we share earnings with member owners of our cooperative. It's our way of saying we are here. Here so you can pay down your loan faster or make a new investment in your operation. And that family vacation you've been putting off? Yep, we're here for that too. Learn more at compere.com slash patronage. Compere Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. Copyright 2023. All rates reserved. You hear that? That's the sound of Dairyland Seed bringing the yield bigger and better than ever before. We're talking our best corn of all time, our strongest silage lineup ever, and the greatest soybeans in our history. We're talking a full lineup of seed proven to outperform the competition once again in independent head-to-head trials. See the performance data for yourself at showmetheyield.com. That's showmetheyield.com. All right, let's find out about our Compure Financial weather update. Like I said, freezing fog in Green Bay this morning's too. Uh, It's going to be a little touch and go in some areas around Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, that freezing fog pushes all the way down the lakeshore too, believe it or not, Pam. In fact, this morning... We have a freezing fog advisory runs until noon, and it does include places like Fond du Lac and Sheboygan County, Dodge, Washington, Ozaukee, Waukesha, Milwaukee, Racine, Kenosha, Walworth as well. So don't be surprised in that eastern and southeast part of the state, you get out and find some very slick spots and stretches because that fog is frozen on or it's going to freeze on the window on the vehicle and make it a little harder to scrape off this morning. But that fog is almost everywhere I think about it. We warm up in the daytime, snow melts and the like, and then at nighttime it cools off and it freezes and condenses and comes right on back. That's what we're dealing with. Otherwise, an upper-level high-pressure center is trying to keep us dry. We hear about all the storminess and the rain out the West Coast. Low pressure will finally try to edge east by later this week. A cool front starts dropping in from the northwest later Wednesday into Thursday, and all of that's going to play together. So as we head toward the end of the week, Wednesday night, Thursday, some rain is going to become more of a likelihood and I expect some rain chances holding around Thursday night into the day Friday, or not inches like California, nothing like that. Could be a couple of tenths of an inch here or there. But wet weather as we move toward the end of the week. Still with those temps above normal, not freezing it up, but it's going to get a bit more on the wet side. Today, of course, fog, and that freezing fog advisory till noon in the east and southeast. Mostly cloudy skies after the fog tries to clear a bit. Low 40s, a little warmer, mid-40s in western Wisconsin. North winds at 5. Mostly cloudy fog expected overnight. And temps down in the mid or upper 20s. The northeast winds at 5. Fog early tomorrow. Another mostly sunny day brightening up. 
mid and upper 40s, could be low 50s in the west. The south winds at 5, and by Wednesday, mostly cloudy. Most of us around 50, more 50s further west, and south winds about 5 to 15. All right, Stu Muck with our Compere Financial Ag Weather Update. Compere Financial, your financial partner committed to agriculture and rural America. Visit Compere.com. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hi, I'm Julie Bowen for the March of Dimes, asking you to help save premature babies. As a mother of three healthy boys, it makes me sad to think that more than a million babies around the world die every year because they're born too soon, and that our country has one of the highest rates of infant death of any developed country. Let's work together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com to find out how you can make a difference in your community and around the world. Traditional ice baths to relieve pain will leave you shivering, sopping wet, and soggy. Help manage muscle soreness, accelerate recovery, and alleviate inflammation with a dry cryotherapy session at Carbon World Health. The treatment is two to three minutes, very tolerable, and monitored by a trained Carbon World Health technician. The benefits far exceed hours of a teeth-chattering ice bath. Supercharge your healing process with cryotherapy from Carbon World. Visit CarbonWorldHealth.com. I'm Will Sweeta. As an engineer, we look for precision, quality, technical expertise, and products that solve long-term problems. It's what we do at Sweeta Metal Roofing. Contact us about our eco-friendly and sustainable roofing. I'm Mike. Will. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go? Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Your parents moved to a smaller house. They're happy. But how'd you end up with their leftover furniture in your garage? And is that a box of sewing patterns from the 1970s? It's time to call Two Men and a Junk Truck, a division of Two Men and a Truck, to get it hauled away today. Get a free no-obligation estimate. We recycle and repurpose usable stuff. Experience the calm after the clutter. Visit twomenandajunktruck.com. Keep what you love, ditch what you don't. Tom from Tom's Auto Center. You know the colors of a stoplight. Red meaning alert, yellow meaning caution, green meaning it's safe to move forward. We use a similar system in our repair report, which you receive after every service. Red meaning it needs urgent attention, yellow meaning we have concerns, green meaning your vehicle is all good. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Now that I refurbished my entire living room with Lazy Luxury, everyone keeps asking, is that a Lazy Boy recliner? What they don't know is that my budget allowed me to redecorate for a fraction with free in-home design included. 
I say yes. At Lazy Boy, customizable fashion and luxury can be this simple. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy. Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. This is Matt and Pete Gunderson. We recently celebrated the life of Dan, a devoted motorcyclist who enjoyed the freedom of the road with other bikers. His celebration involved a final ride in the saddlebag of his best friend, just the way he wanted. Allow us to personalize every detail of a life well lived. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. A good friend might tell you that your shoe's untied or, hey, you've got a bit of breakfast on the corner of your mouth. Well, a good friend will also share valuable insights about the scoop on money and energy savings. Like Benjamin Plumbing and their game-changing electric hybrid water heaters. Potential savings of up to three to four times a conventional water heater with current tax incentives up to $2,000. Benjamin Plumbing's electric hybrid water heaters go beyond being just a water heater. It acts as a dehumidifier for your basement, kicking musty odors, mold, and excess moisture to the curb. Eco-friendly and efficient, these electric hybrid water heaters will leave your wallet and our environment completely satisfied. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Speaking of Super Bowls, obviously ours uh, this year's set, but next year's Super Bowl, odds are out. Where are some of the teams falling here? Especially yeah, so uh, like, like the Packers. The, these came out last night, and it's for the 2025 Super Bowl. The favorite, San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. The team that they'll be playing, the Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs, they come in third. Team between them, Baltimore Ravens. Really? Now, when you uh, look down, here is your top ten. Niners, Ravens, Chiefs, Bills. I don't like that one. I think the Bills are falling apart. I think this was their last year. Cowboys, the boys, Bengals, obviously they're anticipating uh healthy Joe Burrow with the yep. end of the likes of T Higgins and Jamar chase together. Cause they're coming to the ends of their contracts, Detroit lions, Philadelphia Eagles, Miami dolphins. And then you have these two teams tied the Packers and the Texans 25 to one. So the Packers have 25 to 1 odds of getting to the Super Bowl next year. If I remember correctly, after they had traded Aaron Rodgers, I want to say the Green Bay Packers odds to win the Super Bowl last year was 45 to 1. And now they're 25. And now to they're one. 25 to 1. And if you look at the NFC, they're only behind San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit, and Philadelphia. Okay. Which Philadelphia feels like this is kind of a make or break year for Nick Sirianni. I think they're kind of like faltering. They're like falling apart. Like he's firing the DC. He's firing the OC. They're bringing in two new guys. Just like they almost, they had to bring in a new OC and a new DC last year. Cause remember uh, the OC got hired by the Colts Steichen to be their head coach. The DC and Gannon was hired by the Arizona Cardinals to be their head coach. And now the Eagles have Kellen Moore. Yep, as their OC and Vic Fangio as their DC. So they had to they had to completely swap out OC and DC, and it feel doesn't it feel like though Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are teetering? Yes. Well, that's everyone, why they, everyone loved Jalen Hurts last year, and now look at it. I think you saw the same meme. It was uh, Sirianni talking to their uh, their fired OC and DC, saying like, 
it's the Bane from um, was it Dark Knight uh, Rises? Where yep. he's like, and it's Bane saying they expect one of us in the wreckage, brother. And it's <laughs> it ain't gonna be Sirianni. <laughs> he's like, I, I gotta go get some other guys here. So I almost would feel like if I had to t- to take a you know a, a flyer on a Super Bowl winner next year, I would like the Packers over the Eagles. Hell yeah, that the Eagles feel like. Like I said, it's uh, it's kind of the tipping point for them. What are they going to be this year where the Packers are still on that upswing? Uh, you look at the other teams in the NFC ahead of them, the Lions, who we had just talked about. Do I think their window's over? No. But clearly, we saw the Packers go into their place on Thanksgiving and beat them, especially after taking the absolute drubbing that was in Lambeau in, at the end of September. It feels like Green Bay is on their heels. Then there's the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy's you, back, baby. Do you believe in the Cowboys and Dak in the playoffs? Do you believe in Big Mike and Dak in the playoffs? I believe in them in the regular season, but come playoffs? No. And then it's just the 49ers. And obviously the 49ers are going to keep this window open as long as Brock Purdy is uh, still on his rookie deal. Yep. Yep. What, Brock Purdy's going to be a third-year quarterback next year? So you would think that they probably could keep this team pretty well together for two more seasons? Yeah. So there you go. Super Bowl odds out. I get the 49ers, right? But your second team in Baltimore, the playoff issues from Lamar. I don't know about that number. Chiefs make sense. It's Mahomes. I mean, I'm never going to write that guy off. Bills, they're starting to fall apart. That team's got a lot of contracts coming due and a lot of old players. Dallas in the playoffs with Big Mike and Dak. I get the Burrow if he comes back healthy. Lions feels like the Eagles are on a teetering point. Miami, they seem kind of soft, don't they? Yep. Especially in cold weather. And here's the thing. Houston has the same odds as the Packers. But remember, Houston gave up a lot of draft capital to go get Stroud. And don't forget, they traded up to get uh, Will Anderson Jr. Yep. So they don't have near the same draft capital as the Packers. And then here's this. The Rams, I think they're getting old. The Chargers, I think that's a lot of Jim Harbaugh hype. And you know who else is 30 to one? The Jets. How about that? Last year when the Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers, I think they were 15 to one to win it all. And the Packers were 45 to one to win it all. And now one year removed, Aaron Rodgers, Achilles, Packers and Jordan Love playing well down the stretch. Packers are 25 to one. Jets are 30 to one. Wow, look at that. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Boy, we hit it on the head there. Dirty boots this week for sure. Very mild weather around the state of Wisconsin. Not much in the way of precipitation until later this week, but it's going to be muddy. Today, partly cloudy skies, 42 degrees. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, 47. Cloudy skies on Wednesday, 49. Thursday, some afternoon showers are possible. 54 are expected high. Even Friday, mostly cloudy and 47 before temperatures start to drop into the weekend. By middle of next week, we're going to be back right around the low to mid 30s. So uh, definitely an interesting week coming up. Today is the fifth day of February. What can I tell you? On this day back in 1849, the University of Wisconsin officially opened. 20 students that were led by Professor John Sterling. Yes, like Sterling Hall. First class was organized as a preparatory school in the first department of the university, Department of Science, Literature, and the Arts. Uh, They had a lot of different coursework that they focused in on. Tuition 
was $20 per scholar per annum. University of Wisconsin officially opens on this day back in 1849. Let's see. On this day in 1869, the biggest gold nugget in history is found. It was in Australia. They called it the Welcome Stranger. It was calculated to be at a refined weight of 71.08 kilograms. I'm not sure if it's still the biggest, but it was then, back in 1869. On this day in 1909, the world's first synthetic plastic is developed. A Belgian chemist announced the invention of Bakelite. A meeting of the American Chemical Society is where he announced it. First synthetic plastic on this day, back in 1909. And happy birthday to race car driver Daryl Waltrip. He is 77 years young today. And now you know. So I got to believe with these mild temperatures, a lot of you are getting an itchy finger, starting to run it through the seed catalog. Maybe already have the garden mapped out for 2024. Tell you what, that small plot of ground can be very, very productive. Just ask somebody that's dropped a bag of tomatoes off on the neighbor's front stoop how productive a small patch of ground can go. And I'll tell you what, that's great news for folks in southeast Wisconsin, actually statewide, that are battling food insecurity. The Hunger Task Force uh, is located in southeast Wisconsin but serves the state of Wisconsin. And you know what? They've got a plot of ground, too, that they're farming all to benefit the state of Wisconsin and those facing food insecurities. I talked about it with Sarah Bressler. She's the farm manager for the Hunger Task Force. 208 acres dedicated to trying to help the Hunger Task Force in the community of Franklin through a unique 30-year lease with Milwaukee County. They have access to that land. And Sarah Bressler tells me, despite the drought in 2023, Wow, was it productive. We were able to grow over 400,000 pounds uh, with, like you said, those drought conditions. We had um, some record-breaking yields, specifically green beans grew over uh, 23,000 pounds. Uh, some of our other top-yielding crops that, you know, produced more than we actually projected were tomatoes. We grew over 15,000 pounds. Collard greens, which is the number one requested item in our uh, our food network sites, uh, we grew over 20,000 pounds of, of those. Lettuce, over 15,000 pounds, and over 85,000 pounds of cabbage in 2023. No, I'm sure you're already looking ahead to the growing season of 2024, Sarah. How do you strategize what you plant, when you plant it, and give us a little sense of how the farm evolves through the growing season? That's a that's a great question. Um, so at the end of every season, we put out a you know a produce survey to all of our network sites, which are made up of those food pantries, soup kitchens, homeless shelters, low income senior sites, and we have over two hundred in our network. So really wanting to get their feedback because we really value their feedback about the quality, the quantity, the desired produce, what culturally appropriate items can we add to our list. Um, so what, what do they want to see? So that's really part of what informs, you know, our, our farm plan for the, the following season. You really take that input and, and apply it. Do you have more than one crop that you're able to pull in a season on a piece of ground? Or if it's going to be tomatoes, is it only tomatoes? If it's going to be green beans, peas, it is only going to be that. Or do you have to kind of keep switching it up? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that four-year rotation is really is really important, um, you know, to really minimize that pest and disease. 
um, issues that could occur, and then the weed control, the nutrient management. So we we do that that rotation of each particular field, you know, having 20, 24 different fields, uh, so that they're they're prime and they're they're full of nutrients and ready to go to be able to supply that nutrients to to the you know the actual fruit. Sarah Bressler is along with us. She's a farm manager for the Hunger Task Force and their two hundred and eight acre farm location in Franklin. Let's talk a little bit more about community interaction on this fantastic productive. Uh, ground that you're working there, Sarah. Tell me a little bit about the harvest season around the farm and uh, how you try to incorporate education along with that hands-on experience. Absolutely. So we uh, employ what is called succession planting, which means that we you know, have five different successions of corn, for example, but then we stagger when we're planting that corn so that we have a constant flow of corn throughout the season. Um, so that we can supply that to our different uh, food program sites. And the way that we're, do, you know, able to do all of this is through the the help of the community volunteers that are uh, so very vital to uh, the program here and being able to do what we do. Well, job well done in 2023, and we surely hope that 2024 is going to be equally productive for the Hunger Task Force Farm in Franklin. What can people do to follow the story, Sarah, or become one of your valued volunteers? Absolutely. So ways to help and support uh, the farm and Hunger Task Force is, is, you know, come make an impact by, you know, helping the community through volunteering. So you can go to sign up by going to hungertaskforce.org and clicking on the volunteer tab. Um, Also, the farm relies on a generosity of the community to continue providing healthy, fresh produce um, to the hungry in, in Milwaukee. So an opportunity to take your support of the Hunger Task Force to the next level would be to be a part of our Adopt a Crop program. You could supply, you know, $25 to uh, provide 45 pounds of sweet corn to a local pantry or $50 to grow 100 heads of lettuce for families in need or $100 to provide 50 pounds of green beans to local seniors or $250 to sponsor an acre of of peppers of, of seed for the growing season. So many ways to get involved. Pretty amazing. Sarah Bressler, she's the farm manager for the Hunger Task Force, serving southeast Wisconsin, but really the entire state, and in part helped along by their 208-acre farm in Franklin. Like she said, it uh, brought in record-breaking yields in 2023 that they're still distributing today. Want to find out more about how you can get involved or about the efforts in general? Go to Hunger Task Force. Org. Markets and overnight electronic trade this morning are a little bit mixed. We're going to take a look at your numbers next. Innovation, Innovation. that's BioVet. Livestock producers rely on BioVet for microbial and nutritional support. Keeping livestock eating and productive. Make BioVet your trusted partner for your livestock health since 1991. Learn We're exploring farming in the last frontier, Alaska. Come and join us. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam Yankee. The date's August 22nd through September 1st. We'll visit a variety of Alaska farms, including a private boat excursion to experience a shrimping operation. Of course, you'll get all the majestic scenery and impressive wildlife along the way. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword Pam, for more information and to watch and travel video or call 888-888. 557-1020 today.
Alrighty, this morning in Chicago, our markets are a little bit mixed. A lot of their cues coming from the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is lower this morning. March corn right now is down two and a half. December new crops unchanged, four seventy six and a half. March soybeans are down a penny and a half. With November new crop up a penny and a half. Currently at eleven seventy two. July wheat's down seven at six oh six. The fluid milk for both March and April currently unchanged. On Friday in Chicago, the barrel cheese gained a penny at one fifty five. 40-pound block cheese was down a penny and three-quarters at 165. Double-A butter unchanged, 274.5 per pound. But guess what? That's 13 cents stronger than it was the week before. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Midwest Family Madison is looking for a specific kind of salesperson. What we don't want is a fast-talking player pushing the newest finger pistol deal of the week. We'll leave that to the other guys. We're looking for individuals who thrive on meeting new people, getting out of the office and into the world, who show up, stand out, and willingly serve our clients with a fierceness born from passion. If that sounds like your kind of family, go to MidwestFamilyMadison.com careers right now. Some spaces become a catch-all for everything you want to keep in storage. Make use of that wasted space now. What about the basement? Rec rooms, an office, extra bedrooms for growing teenagers are all popular uses for an upgraded basement. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company specializing in kitchens, baths, and basements. Let's get the conversation started with a complimentary estimate, consultation, and suggestions. ActuateLLC.com Design. Create. Actuate. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time, our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street, GoodmansJewelers.com. The best is at Goodman's. We're known for our sweet moves, but what you might not know is that we can store your stuff too. Yep, from one day to one year. We can hold on to your things on our trucks or in our warehouse. This is Brenda from Mad City Moving. We call that the unexpected storage move. Mad City Moving dominates any move. Their crew will handle your things well, like your things deserve to be handled. Online at madcitymoving.com. Mad City Moving. You haven't seen moves like Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Oh, exceptionally mild weather all this week. Uh, should stay pretty dry, too, except maybe Thursday afternoon. They're calling for possible showers Thursday afternoon. But again, temperatures all week long into the mid and upper 40s, probably close to 50 degrees. But don't get used to it and comfortable because next week we're back down into the 30s. Still, it's good driving weather, which is wonderful news. Wisconsin potato and vegetable growers are having their annual conference. That's up in Stevens Point this week. Uh, Stephanie Hoff making tracks in that direction. And then I'll see folks later this week at Farm First Dairy Cooperative's annual business meeting. That's going to be in Wisconsin Dells. You know, one topic of conversation, regardless of what conference you're attending, what convention you're at, 
is health care. You know, when pocketbooks get tight on the farm, health care is one of the first areas that farms start really evaluating closely. But you know what? There's not a lot of options. But some of the state's largest general farm organizations are talking about it, trying to figure out a way to make it a priority in this legislative session. Uh, right now, Wisconsin Farmers Union, for example, asking the state to expand Badger Care by accepting federal Medicaid expansion dollars. With that expansion, their hope is to reach more farmers. Stephanie Hoff reached out to some farms that gave us a unique perspective on the situation. That's right, Pam. A farmer who would greatly benefit from Badger Care expansion is Dylan Bruce from Ferryville. He and his wife operate Circadian Organics and Driftless Seed. He's also president of his Vernon, Crawford County, Wisconsin Farmers Union chapter. Dylan tells me that because farming is such a unique business, he doesn't qualify for existing Badger Care. And because he's got a pre-existing condition, he's got to pay for expensive insurance. Farmers are definitely in a unique position when it comes to health care. Uh, first of all, we're self-employed, and so we're not going to have easy access to, to health care through an employer. And actually, that's one of the things that drives a lot of farm families to get off-farm jobs so that they can access insurance, retirement benefits, etc. And we do have the public option of Badger Care in the state, but it has pretty stringent requirements. And in the case of a farm where your income might fluctuate year to year, um, even you know seasonally within the year, you can be eligible and then not eligible for Badger Care on and off. Um, and so it's really difficult to access kind of comprehensive care. Um, for myself, I'm really passionate about this issue because I was diagnosed in 2020 with Crohn's disease. So I have a pre-existing condition. I have medicine that I have to take every month, likely for the rest of my life. On a cash basis, that medicine costs $7,500 a month. There's no way that I can afford that, right? So I am locked into buying insurance. I have to have insurance to afford the medicine that keeps me healthy, keeps me alive, keeps me out of surgery. And um, that, you know, medicine is is qualified as a specialty uh, medicine. It's a, it's a specialty prescription. And so I can't even get an average uh, health care plan. Badger care would cover it very well. I can't access Badger care because my household makes a little bit too much money just over that threshold, right? So that's why the expansion is important is to let more people come in. I have to buy such an expensive plan in order to be able to afford my medicine. So it's not even that I'm, you know, going to the doctor all the time. Um, I, it's, I just have to have that medicine on a monthly basis. And it's such a huge stressor for us. It's our second largest expense every month after, um, after, you know, home, after the mortgage is insurance plus the premium on my medicine. And that's without even rarely visiting a doctor, you know? So this is, this is something I care a lot about. Do other farmers in your circle, in your chapter, do they experience similar issues? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of luck of the draw, right? So there's definitely other folks in our chapter. We talk about healthcare fairly often as a policy issue for farmers. Um, it's, you know, farming is hard on your body. And so even folks that don't have a pre-existing condition or some acute issue they're dealing with, you get over time, you get to retirement age as a farmer, you're going to need robust uh, health care that's avail available in rural 
spaces and places and and so um, it absolutely is an issue for a lot of other farmers, particularly around the fluctuating income and driving people to have off-farm jobs, driving people to say, I can no longer, I don't, I no longer have enough energy to keep my farm operating at its full capacity because I'm spending 10, 12 hours a day off-farm and can't get to those chores on time, whatever it might be. So it's absolutely an issue for a lot of folks. So the first step would be to expand Badger Care by taking advantage of the federal offer. The second piece of this legislation then would create a actual health care plan under Badger Care. Can can you speak to the details of that? Yeah, so the public option for Badger Care is is kind of like, you know, if you put yourself in in the shoes of somebody like me who we don't make a lot of money, but we are just make enough money to not be eligible for the reg- regular Badger Care program, this legislation would basically make it that when we are going on the marketplace to choose our insurance plan, one of those options would be Badger Care, which I think you know, I, I see that as a lot better because there's not the conflict of interest of it being a private company that's trying to maximize profit out of my health care. So the Badger Care expansion will bring more money into it, make it more affordable for people who are already would be eligible for Badger Care, maybe be able to expand the requirements there. And then the public option is really treating it like regular insurance and not just something that you have to be absolutely broke to be able to access. And on that note, he recognizes that some growers may see Badger Care as a handout, but he doesn't. I think the sad reality for a lot of us as farmers is that um, social services do become important being in rural places, whether it's, you know, Badger Care or, or other options. This isn't a handout in the sense that this is something that's funded by us, by the people. And so it's maybe, uh, you know, you could look at it as a handout, but I would like to think of it as a, a handout from me to my neighbor and from my neighbor to me. This is about us as a, as a rural community and looking out for each other. And so it's, it's, it's more than just being dependent on handouts or something else. You know, some of us as farmers, we're not taking a lot of money back to the bank, you know, at the end of the year. And so we need to be able to access health care as well. You know, I do think there's no reason that we shouldn't be taking the money that's available from the federal government. Our legislature has chosen to take money for other issues like broadband or other things. So they're kind of picking and choosing what they want and leaving some of us behind with that. Dylan Bruce along with us. He's a farmer out of Ferryville. He and his wife operate Circadian Organics and Driftless Seed, and he's a Wisconsin Farmers Union member. He supports the organization's push to expand Badger Care. Wisconsin Farmers Union is asking the state legislature to join the more than 40 other states that have accepted federal Medicaid expansion dollars. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.